Hey everybody! You are listening to the Creative BioLabs podcast, the show that introduces the basics about stem cells and their broad applications. Please contact us if you have any questions or suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to follow the latest updates. Dear friends in the audience, you are welcome to listen to our program on time every Saturday night. The sharing guest we invited today is still the lovely Dr. Benjamin Smith, a famous editor of scientific journals. Let's welcome him with your warm applause. Why don't you say hello to our audience at the very beginning, Dr. Smith? Good evening, all dear followers of this podcast. Good evening, Connie. It is quite nice to see you again. Thank you for your kind invitation. I am truly looking forward to being here every week. In many animals, primordial germ cells do not form directly in the gonad primordia, but originate in regions other than the germinal gland. Usually, primordial germ cells originate in the marginal region of the embryo and subsequently migrate along a certain route into the gonads. This is also true for mouse germ cells. What is the significance of the migration of primordial germ cells? When the primordial germ cell progenitors are determined by entering the extraembryonic ectoderm through the primitive streak, they begin their journey to the genital ridges. The primordial germ cells are derived in vitro probably to avoid the effects of cellular differentiation in order to maintain their pluripotency. In addition, germ cells emerged evolutionarily prior to the gonads. In agonadal animals, germ cells have been constantly migrating during gamete formation to better absorb nutrients and promote growth. The migration of primordial germ cells in higher animals may reflect an evolutionary primitive property. The migration of primordial germ cells may also help to eliminate abnormal cells from the germline. What should we learn about the migration route of primordial germ cells? At approximately eight days post-coatum, as the germ cell cluster divides, primordial germ cells appear to actively migrate into the visceral endoderm, which carries them along as it invaginates to form the hindgut. Primordial germ cells, initially ventral, are distributed around the hindgut and enter the genital ridges from the dorsal side. They pass through the body wall, or up along the dorsal mesentery, and round the coelomic angle at 10 to 11 days post-coatum. The entire migration period has been observed by using primordial germ cells carrying a transgenic green fluorescent protein marker. The primordial germ cells exhibit locomotory behavior and are non-directional in the hindgut wall where they are passively carried but are highly directional as they leave the hindgut and enter the genital ridges. This locomotory behavior stops once in the ridges. Can you describe the mechanisms that guide the migration of primordial germ cells? Sure. The interplay between the expression of E. cadherin and N. cadherin in clusters and the differential expression of members of the fragilis family may be related to the migration of primordial germ cells. Contact guidance may be one of the important factors facilitating detachment from the endodermal hindgut wall, as adhesion, especially to laminin, changes at this time. Furthermore, during movement toward the genital ridges, Primordial germ cells are interconnected by lengthy cellular processes, forming a loose network. 
In mice and zebrafish, it has been demonstrated that chemokine receptor pair stromal cell-derived factor 1 and its G-protein-coupled receptor act as a guide for the migration of primordial germ cells. The presence of the correct gene products should be a guarantee for primordial germ cell migration to take place normally. Am I right? You are correct. The abnormal migration patterns are easy to detect because they can cause subfertility or sterility. Mice exhibit sterility in both white-spotting and steel homozygous mutants and have defects in hemodopoiesis and pigment cell migration. The C-kit is a tyrosine kinase receptor encoded by the dominant white-spotting gene. Its ligand is a stem cell growth factor encoded by the steel gene. The steel or C-kit signaling pathway is importantly linked to the intercellular interplays of primordial germ cells along the migration pathway. If any of the elements of this signaling pathway are defective, primordial germ cell migration is disturbed, proliferation is compromised, programmed cell death occurs, and few germ cells reach the genital ridges. Besides, other genes required for normal primordial germ cell migration include germ cell deficient, beta-1 integrin, transforming growth factor beta, and FGF8. What changes do germ cells that reach the genital ridges undergo? Between 10.5 and 11.5 days post-coatum, mouse primordial germ cells actively migrate to the genital ridges. Their modal phenotype changes to round shortly after entering the ridges. Then, they upregulate the expression of ecadherin, forming a loose population as movement gradually ceases. Moreover, gene expression in germ cells changes. Gene products of mouse vascular homologue and germ cell nuclear antigen become useful germ cell markers at this stage. Also, proliferation will continue for several more days, still requiring a doubling time of approximately 16 hours. However, by 12.5 days post-coatum, germ cells in both female and male embryos cease mitosis and enter the premiotic cell cycle. At this stage, meiotic genes such as the synaptonemal complex protein 3 will be upregulated. Would the number of germ cells in the fetal ovary change before and during entry into meiosis? This differs between mice and humans. The number of oocytes in mouse ovaries remains constant until birth. In contrast, the number of oocytes in human ovaries increases dramatically between the second and fifth months of pregnancy and decreases from the fifth month of pregnancy to birth. In human embryos, until the seventh month of pregnancy, germ cells in mitosis can be observed and coexist with oocytes that have entered meiosis. Also, the passage through the successive stages of the meiotic prophase is not well synchronized in humans. Thus, germ cells at both the premeiotic and postmeiotic stages of meiosis can be observed in the same ovary. How do germ cells develop in the genital ridges of females and males, respectively? In the mouse-female genital ridges, germ cells enter the prophase of the first meiotic division at approximately 13.5 days post-coatum and arrest in the primordial follicle shortly after birth in the late meiotic phase, the diplotene. 
In ectopic locations outside the genital ridge, such as in the adrenal primordium of both male and female embryos, germ cells enter the first meiotic prophase at the same time. It has been shown that retinoic acid, produced in vivo by the mesonephros of both sexes, is responsible for the induction of meiosis in the ovary. On the contrary, in male genital ridges, germ cells downregulate meiotic genes at approximately 13.5 days postcoitum and enter mitotic arrest as prespermatogonia in G1 or G0 phase. Rather than being cell autonomous, this change in cell fate determination is induced by the supporting somatic cells in the male genital ridge. CYP26B1 may be the somatic signal that blocks entry into meiosis and it encodes an enzyme that degrades retinoic acid. In early gonadal ridges of both sexes, expression of CYP26B1 may prevent primordial germ cells from entering meiosis upon arrival there. In female mammals, one of the two X chromosomes is randomly inactivated in all cells of the somatic cell lineage as well as in the germ cell lineage. Thus, only one X chromosome is active in all embryonic cells known as dosage compensation. However, during the migration of germ cells, transcription of the silenced X chromosome of the female primordial germ cells can be reactivated. Could you be more specific about this? Sure. During germ cell migration, female primordial germ cells lose the characteristic marks on the silent X chromosome so that the transcriptional reactivation begins. In primordial germ cells, this early stage of inactivated X chromosome reactivation may be inherently programmed. Extensive transcriptional and translational activity can be detected in human and mouse oocytes entering the genital ridges. During the whole process of oogenesis, both X chromosomes remain active. In addition, Reactivation also occurs in XX germ cells, developing in a phenotypically male XX genital ridge. Gene Zist is involved in the initiation of X chromosome inactivation, since it produces a Zist-stable non-coding RNA transcript that covers the entire chromosome. This can be visualized by RNA fluorescence in situ hybridization. What are those epigenetic changes that occur in primordial germ cells during migration? Probably because of the extraembryonic birthplace, DNA methylation patterns are not imposed on primordial germ cells during gastrulation. Global DNA methylation in primordial germ cells within the genital ridges is still further reduced. Imprinted genes are characterized by differential DNA methylation at specific CPG sites. And, genes shown to be imprinted in mice are not necessarily imprinted in humans. In germ cell lineage, the previous genomic imprint must be removed and a new imprint must be established based on the sex of the embryo. Bisulfite sequencing allows the examination of differential site-specific methylation in some imprinted genes in mouse germ cells. This methylation is reduced during primordial germ cell migration or shortly after entry into the genital ridges. Before or after birth new imprints are established. For example, in the female germline, different imprinted genes gain novel methylation patterns at different stages of oogenesis. Are there other epigenetic patterns that also change during primordial germ cell migration? 
Certainly. In addition to DNA methylation, there are gradual but profound changes in the pattern of histone modifications from the primordial germ cell specification to the time of their arrival in the genital ridges. Around 11.5 days post-coatum, the primordial germ cells undergo major changes in nuclear structure and chromatin composition. These changes include the erasure of several histone modifications and the exchange of histone variants. There is a cultured cell line known as embryonic germ cells. How do such cells relate to and differ from primordial germ cells and embryonic stem cells? Embryonic germ cells were obtained in culture by combining three cytokines, including stem cell factor, fibroblast growth factor 2, and leukemia inhibitory factor. They are chromosomally stable stem cells. Like embryonic germ cells, embryonic germ cells have been shown to proliferate indefinitely in culture and to be pluripotent both in vivo and in vitro in chimeras, where they can colonize all cell lineages including the germline. The embryonic germ cell lines are derived from primordial germ cells before and during migration and in the genital ridge. As in mice, human embryonic germ cells also display high levels of alkaline phosphatase activity. In primordial germ cells, ZIST may code for a transcript, or it may not be expressed at all. What about embryonic germ cells? Weak ZIST transcripts can be characteristic of undifferentiated embryonic germ cell lines that are visualized by RNA fluorescence in situ hybridization as a small dot overlying the locus. If embryonic germ cells start to differentiate, the small dot on the cyst locus disappears and is replaced by enrichment of cyst transcripts on the silent X chromosome or deletion of expression, depending on whether the cell is XX or XY. The expression of cyst in human female embryonic stem cells is variable and dependent on cell line and number of passages. Is the epigenetic status of imprinted genes in embryonic germ cells the same as in the primordial germ cells from which they originate? Not really. In most imprinted genes of the embryonic germ cell line, site-specific differential methylation was shown to be absent. When these imprint-free embryonic germ cells were used to prepare chimeras, some chimeras exhibited growth retardation and skeletal defects. In addition, there may be quite a difference in the timing of imprint erasure between humans and mice. Differences in the timing of entry into meiosis between humans and mice have also been reported. Relative to the colonization of the genital ridge, human germ cells enter meiosis later and are less well synchronized than mouse germ cells. Well, so much for our content today. I have learned a lot. Let's thank Dr. Smith for his wonderful scientific sharing. Thank you for listening. There will be more interesting topics waiting for us in the next program. See you next time. Thank you. I hope we will see you next time.